This podcast was created on Messy. Create your own show today at Messy.fm. If you're going to be effective with others and win with your goals, you're going to need an effective strategy that will help you win with people. Today on the podcast, I'm going to present you with a guide that will ensure you do just that, win with people and advance your goals. The strategy is called the Servant's Compass. If you've been following along or you're new to the Culture Bus Tools podcast, I release a new episode and tool you can work through on the first of every month. These are published on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and even Google Play. I want to invite you to subscribe so you can receive it when it posts. And if the podcast is helpful to you, it would mean so much to me if you would share this podcast with others. And if you haven't rated or reviewed the show, please do so because it helps increase the visibility. Okay, let's dive into the Servant's Compass, a tool you can use to increase your capacity to be more effective with people and accomplish your goals. To kick this idea off, I want you to think about this question. Who is the direct beneficiary of the energy that you produce and the environment that you produce it in? Right now, you are the direct beneficiary of the energy that I produce and the environment I produce it in is this podcast. Recently, I had a chance to spend time at one of our Grace Church campuses where I'm also on staff. Uh, and, and the staff of this campus at Harrison Bridge, they were the direct beneficiaries of the energy that I produced and the environment I produced it in was our staff meeting. So later tonight, I'll spend time coaching a middle school sport. <laughs> It'll be a lot of fun, I promise. Um, over a dozen little girls, including my daughter, will be the direct beneficiary of the energy that I produce, and the environment I produce it in will be our Friday night volleyball practice. Now, hopefully you have a clear picture on the who and where when I ask that question. So let me ask you that question one more time. Who is the direct beneficiary of the energy that you produce and the environment that you produce it in? This is an important question you should be asking all the time. And the main reason why is because those individuals are your customers, Now, for the next 18 minutes, I'm going to walk you through a compass that will guide you in executing superlative customer service to your customers. Now, when I say the word superlative, I mean the highest quality or degree. When I say the word superlative customer service, I want you to imagine a way of thinking, reflecting, and acting that will help you bless people and accomplish the work that God has called you to do. Now, in light of all that, I want you to think about another question. Here it is. Have you ever had an unforgettable customer service experience that positively affected the way you thought about a particular business, a product, or a person? Do you have a story in mind? There's tons to tell, but let me tell you an unforgettable customer service story that demonstrates a high level of customer service. Now, for those of you who aren't aware of the Ritz-Carlton, this is a lavished hotel known for its influence with service and quality. This story, it, it begins when Chris Hearn's son left his favorite giraffe, Joshy, pet giraffe, in their hotel room after a recent story at the Ritz-Carlton. Now, Chris's son, Chris's son lost his dang mind after he heard Joshy was missing. And so in an attempt to help his son deal with this issue, Chris told his son that Joshy was just staying a few extra days on vacation. 
And he proceeded after to call the staff at the Ritz to tell them about this dilemma. And in an all-star effort to make everything right for their customer, the staff at the Ritz created a series of pictures on social media that included all of the activities Joshi had been involved in during his extended vacation. <laughs> now, there were pictures posted on social media of Joshi relaxing at the pool, helping out in the loss prevention department. There were some pictures of him melting away some stress with a spa day. And there was even a picture of Joshy on a golf cart on the beach. Now, the staff of this hotel, they didn't just help his dad deal with his son's dependence issues, but they turned a challenging moment into an unforgettable customer service experience. Now, it's helpful to know who your customer is if you're going to give them superlative customer service. We talked about that. But the bigger question to wrestle through is how do we help create superlative customer service for our customers and be that shade and blessing for them. Okay. The servant's compass is going to help us answer that question. Okay. At the end of the episode, I'm going to provide you with a tool to help you easily organize and annotate and contextualize each side of the compass so you can practice, promote, and produce these ideas with your customer. Are you ready? Let's dive in. On the north side of the compass, we're going to talk about demonstrating servant heart. Okay, so demonstrating servant heart. This is all about what we are doing. This is about humility and leadership. Now, there's no better model of servant leadership than in the person of Jesus Christ. I could read a ton of passages in the Bible, but I love the way Matthew gives an account of how Jesus modeled superlative customer service. So listen to this, um, or if you have a Bible, turn to Matthew 20, 25 through 28. Now, in this passage, we see the mother of James and John. They asked Jesus if her two sons could sit in places of honor next to him after they all enter the kingdom. Now, this created a hornet's nest for the disciples. And and what I mean by that is that they were, they were, most of them were frustrated. And so Jesus not only used this moment to show us what it looks like to be a servant leader, but he gave us a strategy for creating an unforgettable customer service experience. Now, listen, as I read his response to the disciples in Matthew 20, 25 through 28. So verse 25 says, but Jesus called them together and he said, you know, that the rulers in this world lorded over their people. And officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. Verse 28, for even the son of man, referencing Jesus, came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, where this passage convicts me the most is around the principle of humility. Now, I don't know if you identify with this, but when I read those verses, I feel as though I, too, have elevated myself as someone who is way more important than I actually am. Now, when I read this passage, I think that I must become important because of what I do, not because of who I am. Now, that's a challenging thing to think through, but let me kind of break this down a little bit. Think about a hub of a wheel. The hub is the central part of the wheel that provides support for the wheel to do the work. It keeps the structure moving. So the question we need to be asking is, what does it mean to give our lives away like this to our customer? Now, Jesus says to be a servant. 
that means you do things that you don't want to do sometimes, regardless of your gifting. <laughs> okay. That's challenging for this culture. I think to hear it's challenging for me to hear because I'm gifted in a lot of areas. And just because I'm gifted in an area doesn't mean that that's the thing that I need to always be doing. So that's what it means to be a servant. This means that you do things in a way you don't get the credit for regardless of your title. So maybe, maybe that's hard. Uh, this, this means there may be times you exhaust yourself serving other people regardless um, of, of whether you don't want to do it. Okay. So he says, be a servant. He also says, be a slave. So that means you might need to change your attitude and just do your job. Even if you don't like it. Okay. It means you work in such a way, you know, you won't get credit for it, but you work hard to help your master look successful. So this is really tough in a, in a culture that, that looks for affirmation and approval. So it's the opposite of that. You do things so that someone else gets affirmation and approval. Um, okay. So there's so much more I could talk about in this area, but I want you to pause the podcast for a moment and just take 15 seconds to rank yourself on a scale of one to six. So one is poor and six is superlative. Okay. So here's the question. How well do you demonstrate a servant's heart to your customer? All right. Hopefully you came back from that question. You got an answer. Remember, we're asking, how do we help create superlative customer service for our customer and be a shade and a blessing to them? We talked about number one, servant heart. Now let's talk about number two. On the east side of the compass, let's talk about practicing servant standards. Okay. This is all about how we are doing it. This is about process. It's about strategy and quality. All right. So when you think about Jesus, his most critical servant standards were empathy and a willingness to serve people that were not like him. Now, this is a great motivation for us, I think. Um, and I think we can practically do this by thinking like our customers. Okay. We need to understand what God thinks about all people. And we can easily do that by looking at the picture of the cross and what Jesus did for us on the cross. Um, but this is going to help us better understand what they're going through. So we start by adapting a kingdom-minded strategy. Now, what I mean by that is we've got to get in the world of Christ. We've got to understand what Christ has done. And when we start to begin to do that, um, we, we begin to learn how we can get in the world of our customer, okay? Now, one of the ways we can get in the world of our customer is just to study them, keeping in mind that each person has distinct differences, okay? Now, another way you can practice servant standards is by practicing the VIA model, okay? VIA stands for visibility, intentional, intentionality, and authenticity, okay? Visibility, intentionality, and authenticity. I love coffee. A matter of fact, I love Starbucks coffee, okay? The next time you're in a grocery store, head on over to the coffee aisle and look for a product called Starbucks VIA. VIAs are instant coffee. They're great for hiking, traveling, um, but go out and get yourself a pack and put one of these little VIA packets in your car or on your desk as a reminder to practice servant standards. Now, here's the acronym I use to remember this. V is for visibility. Visibility signifies that something is happening, okay? You can't create superlative customer service with your customer if you aren't anywhere near them, okay? So you got to be visible. I is for intentionality. Intentionality signifies you care. So seek to know your customer. Listen and respond 
listen and respond. A is for authenticity. Authenticity is about being who you say you are. Okay. So, so a little bit about servant standards. I want you to do this again. I want you to take a couple seconds to rank yourself on a scale of one, which is poor and six superlative. So how well do you practice servant standards with your customer? Okay. All right. Hopefully you're back from that. Um, you've been able to wrestle through the first two. Remember, we're asking the question, how do we create superlative customer service for our customers and be a shade and a blessing to them? We talked about number one, servant heart. Number two, servant standards. Number three, we must develop servant partnerships. Okay. Servant partnerships. This is south of the compass. This is all about who. So think relationships. And this just really starts with loving people. One way I try to do this is by mastering the art of relating to my customer. And now one of the way, one of the things I'm always thinking through when I'm working with my customers is what kind of energy does this customer need from me? Okay. So does this person feel with their heart or do they think with their head? Okay. If there's someone who thinks with their head, I may need to be more direct and systematic with things. If there's someone who feels with their heart, I may, I may need to be more spirited and considerate in the way I interact with them. Now, when you know people's temperament, you're much more likely to respond, relate, and influence them. So you got to figure out the type of energy they need and give that to your customer. And, it, and this may wear you out, but if you can give your customer the right amount of energy, you can serve them more effectively. Now, in a previous job, I remember having to work with this particular staff member named Amanda. She was the type of person who thought with her head and she would scream all the time, give me the details, give me the details. And I really learned the hard way that I could give her energy by being prepared, um, making sure I was accurate and detailed in my communication. And over time, I began to realize that when I provided these things, it actually gave her energy. This is how you demonstrate servant partnerships. Now, if you want to take my relational equity assessment or learn more about it, head on over to my website at culturebus.cc and click on the relational equity team training and sign up for that. And you can learn more about this process. Okay. Now, another way we can demonstrate servant partnerships is by being, is by devoting ourselves to prayer for our customers. Now, this is hard because it means you do, when you do this, you're really focusing on someone other than yourself and your own needs. Um, listen to the devotion that Paul had for his customer base in some of these verses. First Corinthians 1 4, he said, I always thank my God for you. In Romans 1 9, he said, God knows how often I pray for you. In Philippians 1 3, he said, Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Colossians 1 3, we, he said, We always pray for you and we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So in that case, he wasn't just the one praying, he had other people involved in that. In 1 Thessalonians 1 2, we, we see Paul say, We always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. Okay, so like Paul, we can demonstrate servant partnerships by focusing on the needs of others through prayer. All right, so let's do this again. I want you to take 15 seconds, 10 seconds, rank yourself on a scale of one to six. One is poor, awful, you suck at it. Number six is superlative. Okay, so how well do you develop servant partnerships with your customer?
Okay. All right. So we're back. We're wrapping this up. This is the last part of the compass side. Remember, we're asking ourselves this question. How do we create, how do we help create superlative customer service for our customers and be a shade and a blessing to them? We talked about number one, servant heart. Number two, servant standards. Number three, we talked about servant partnerships. And lastly, number four, we must embrace servant oneness. Okay, now this is west of the compass. This is all about why. So think motives, think unity, um, think about culture. Okay, so if you're working each side of the compass with a devotion to Christ and sharing a kingdom-minded strategy with him, embracing servant oneness will come more natural to you. Now, why would we want to embrace servant oneness with our customer? Well, first, look at the life of Christ and look at how he took on our sin and our shame, nailing it to the cross. Um, and, and this should be a great motivation for us. And when you begin to start to realize that and understand what God values, this will be a huge motivator for you. And it will bring clarity when you're working with people to discover what they value. All right. So how do you do this? Well, number one, you just study the word of God, the Bible. I mean, you can, you know, read Second Timothy three sixteen, read read Hebrews four twelve. I mean, these are great passages to think through when you're trying to be a blessing to others. There's great power in that. God's word, it kind of, it orients, orients us, um, and it postures our heart. And as we embrace servant oneness with him, we become more effective with embracing servant oneness with our customer. Okay. One way you can do this is by indoctrinating yourself into your customer's world to figure out why they do the things that they do. So we have begun to cultivate and embrace servant oneness with God. Now we're beginning to embrace servant oneness with our customer. Okay. So I would say that one of the ways you do that is you just learn the language that your customers are speaking. And you can do this by practicing the art of listening and asking questions. So here are four questions that help me embrace servant oneness with my customers. Um, it's, it's, I, these are not ones that I came up with myself. I call these the four helpful list. Um, I remember first hearing this from, there's a consultant out there who does this. I can't remember his name, but here are the four questions. What's working? What's not working? What's missing? And what's confusing? So when you're working with your customers, you can begin to ask those four questions. Hey, what's working? You know, if you can learn what's working in their life, you can learn how to maximize this. What's working? Hey, the next question, what's not working? Um, if you can learn what's not working, you can learn how to help fix the problem maybe. Okay. Um, third question, what's missing? What's missing? Well, if you can learn what's missing, you might be able to find what you could add. Um, and then the last question, what's confusing? And, and if you can learn what's confusing for your customer, you can help bring clarity to them. Okay. So in order to do this, we have to put ourselves in places that we don't normally go. So we've got to put ourselves in their world, which means we got to get out of our world. Okay, so how do we do this on a more practical level? Um, when someone asks you for their help, simply move towards helping them. Um, I One of the things that I love to do is to develop a scenario mindset with my customers. So when I'm working with my customers, I try to think in scenarios. Um, I've, I've been doing this recently with some of our staff. I've been doing this with my family. 
Scenarios are fun to do with your customer, but it takes a lot of work to develop them. Okay, so for instance, with my kids, um, we're working right now through scenarios on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings for breakfast. So we sit down for breakfast, and we take, and I take less than thirty seconds to kind of pitch a scenario to them, um, and then I just ask, like, "What do you think? What, what would you do?" So for instance, the other day, I read them this specific scenario. Okay, so here's it. Here it is. Suppose you have one test question left to answer, and time is running out. You've studied hard and you know the material, but you just can't bring that answer to mind. Um, You could copy your neighbor's answer without the teacher knowing. Um, Besides, you know the answer is somewhere in your brain, so it only seems fair that you should get credit for it. What do you do? And then I just let them talk. And, you know, Riley, my oldest son, what would you do? Customer number two, what would you do? You know, um, my wife, I ask her, what would you do? You know, and then I wrap things up by reading a verse like Deuteronomy twenty five fifteen or Psalm 5, like less than 30 seconds, less than a minute of just teaching, but just le- learning from them through a scenario. So that is one way that you could demonstrate servant oneness. You just begin to, to learn what people think, learn how people react to things, and then it helps you understand how how you can serve them and lead um, and be a blessing and a shade for them, okay? All right, so one last time, I want you to take 30 seconds to rank yourself on a scale of one to 10, one to six. One is poor, six is superlative. How well do you embrace servant oneness with your customer? All right, okay, wrapping this up, guys. Um, for the last couple of weeks in preparation for the release of this podcast, I've been journaling through each of the four ideas and I've created a tool that you can use that will help you easily organize, annotate and contextualize each side of the compass so you can practice, promote and produce these ideas um, with your customer. So head on over to culturebustools.cc forward slash compass. That's culturebustools.cc forward slash compass to check it out. You're going to love it. Okay. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please consider rating and reviewing the show. See you next time on the culture bus tools podcast.